All right, Mark chapter 4, if, if you have a Bible. I want you to go to a couple of, couple of different places. I actually want to begin by looking at, at two unrelated passages that share a, a similar theme. Uh, and so they are Mark 4 and Matthew 26, and it will come up on the screen uh, as well. These are two accounts from the Gospels that involve Jesus and and someone who has fallen asleep. All right, so Mark chapter 4, let's start there. Uh, Jesus has been teaching and ministering to a great multitude of people by the seaside. I'm reading from the New King James Version, and it says this in verse 35 of Mark 4. On the same day when the evening had come, he, Jesus, said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. Verse 38 says, but he, Jesus, was in the stern, and that's the back of the boat if you're not a boat person. And listen to this, it says, he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. It's remarkable that Jesus not only was asleep in a storm, but it says he brought along his pillow <laughs> with him. And they, the disciples, they awoke him and they said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? We'll flick over to Matthew chapter 26. It's, it's back in our Bibles, but actually forward uh, in time. And so now Jesus is coming to the end of his ministry and he is with his disciples in the last few hours before his death. He takes them to the Garden of Gethsemane, a favorite place of his to, to pray, and he asks his disciples to, to keep watch. It says this in, in verse 40, so after Jesus has been praying, then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Jump down to verse 32. Again, a second time, Jesus, he went away and he prayed. Down to verse 33, it says, he came and found them asleep again. For their eyes were heavy, verse 44. So he left them, went away again, prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, you're still sleeping and resting. If you're taking, taking notes uh, this morning, I've, I've entitled this message, Asleep on the Job. Asleep on, on the Job. I don't know if you've ever been asleep or found, someone's found you asleep when you should have been awake. It's ever happened to you. We have a, a slide, I think, of a guy uh, where that absolutely happened. If we can bring that up now. This is a photo of a guy, I hope we have the photo, of a guy who was asleep uh, at work. His first day on the job, oh, the first slide, if you could, just, I think there's, uh, hopefully they're in order, that one right there. So this is his first or second day on the job as an intern. He's not dead, by the way, he's just asleep. And rather than wake him up, his colleagues decide, hey, let's gather around and, uh, and take a photo uh, of this. And so they posted it online 
and it went viral. And not only that, it ended up being kind of like this online photo competition of people photoshopping uh, different situations. If you just flick to the, the next slide, there's a, there's a few of them. In fact, there's actually hundreds. I'll just show you a couple. If you, if you don't notice the subtle difference, uh, all of their faces and now his face. Ne next slide. I think the next one may be of, uh, it's Elton John. <laughs> uh, I think that, what's, what's the next one? Right, that's, I believe that's Paul McCartney from the Beatles. Well, that's pretty awesome. And then maybe, maybe one more, if we have one more. There you go, Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio from, from the Titanic. But. Do you know, here in, in the Gospels, in these two accounts, in Mark 4 and Matthew 26, we read these two accounts of what appears to be Jesus and then the disciples sleeping on the job. Asleep when, when they should have, have been awake. And so in Mark 4, Jesus somehow manages to fall asleep on a boat in the middle of a storm with, with his disciples having, having to wake him up. And, and then in Matthew 26, the roles are reversed and it's the disciples who are asleep and Jesus has to wake them up. And so in Mark 4, the disciples are like, Jesus, how can you be sleeping when we're about to die? And then in Matthew 26, Jesus is like, disciples, how can you be sleeping when I'm about to die? And, and right on the surface, it, it appears as though it's the same scenario playing out, only, only it's, it's the, the roles are reversed. He's asleep and then they're awake and then they're asleep and then he's awake. And both accounts, it would, it would seem, require a certain level of alertness, right? Of at least being conscious when this stuff is happening around them, but someone in both accounts is asleep, and it seems like they should be awake. They should be awake. And I love the fact that these two accounts, they're recorded for us in the Gospels, one at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, and then one right at, at the end. I, I love how they parallel each other so, so well. One time it's Jesus asleep, and the next time it's the disciples. They're both in a time of adversity, they're both in a, in a time, you could say, of, of difficulty, but there's a really big lesson that I want us to catch this morning, and it's really the, the only point of, uh, of, my, of my message. And before I tell you what that is, we've got to understand something about Jesus, and that is that He knows what He's doing, right? Jesus is no slouch. He knows when to be awake, and He knows when to be asleep. And so we can make the pretty confident assumption that, that Jesus is not guilty of doing anything wrong here in, in both of these accounts, in his sleeping account, certainly. But I want to suggest that the disciples in both Matthew 4 and uh, Mark 4, rather, and Matthew 26, they are. They are guilty. And my point, uh, my point is this morning, and it's twofold, it's this. Guys, there are things in life that we lose sleep over that are not a concern for God. And there are things that we sleep through that God wants to wake us up and be concerned about. All right, let me say that again. There are things in our lives that we lose sleep over that they're not a concern for God, and there are things that we sleep through that God wants to wake us up and be concerned about. 
Have you ever found it strange how you can fall asleep on the couch on a Sunday afternoon despite it being completely bright and light outside, the kids are screaming, the television's on, but you could just easily nod off? Have you ever found that? Maybe some will actually experience that in a couple of hours, hopefully not, not in a few minutes, but, but and yet you can lie on your comfortable bed in the middle of the night, not a sound to be heard, and you can struggle to get to sleep. That's a strange thing, isn't it? When you should be awake, you're asleep. And when, you are, uh, when you're uh, awake, you, uh, sorry, when you're asleep, you should be awake. I know it's confusing. It's, it's a little strange. That's what's going on here in, in Mark 4 and in Matthew 26. And Jesus takes three and a half years to make this point to the disciples in, in these two accounts. Disciples, you should be awake. You could... You're awake when you should be asleep, and you're asleep when when you should be awake. Because there are things that you and I, we fret over, we worry about, we we get all angst and and experience anxiety about, and we we lose all hope, and it feels like we're about to sink, and the wind and the waves are crashing in around us. But Jesus, whom we trust with our lives, is lying on his pillow having a snooze because he's not at all concerned. And maybe, maybe, if it's not a concern for Jesus, it shouldn't be a concern for us. And there are things that we sleep through, things that ought to have our attention, things that we ought to be alert and, and, and awake for. But Jesus, who has entrusted us, finds us lying on our pillows, having a snooze because we're not at all concerned. And we can get this all mixed up, all kind of back, back to front. I love how Paul puts it, the Apostle Paul, and in Romans 7, and the context here is sin. He says, For what I will to do, that I do not practice, but what I hate, that I do. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. In other words, I'm awake when I should be asleep, and I'm asleep when I should be awake. What's wrong with me? I remember the, the, the first few nights we brought our eldest daughter home from the hospital. She was uh, just a, a brand new baby, a couple of, couple of days old. And uh, my wife had had a cesarean, and we were told that uh, she wasn't supposed to lift anything, at least for, for the first couple of weeks. And, and so I had the, the all-important task of, of taking the baby from uh, the cot and, and bringing the baby to Caroline and then taking the baby from Caroline and putting, putting the baby back in, in the cot again. And so for, for at least for the first few weeks, the baby slept in the same room with us in, in a cot. And how many know that, that babies make a whole lot of noise, right? Not just when they're awake and crying, but, but they kind of sound like a, a pug with a cold. I don't know if that's a thing, but just they're noisy. And, and I like quiet when I sleep. So I decided, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and sleep in the room down the hallway, but I still had to carry out this all-important task of, of taking the baby uh, from the cot to Caroline, from Caroline to the cot. And as we came up with this, this system, because this would go on multiple tr- times during the night, where she would just text me. And it, it wasn't a text to say, hey, honey, 
time to wake up. Could you come? No, it was just anything, just a dot, full stop, a number, just something to give me the alert that it was time to, uh, to wake up. And, and so uh, being in the middle of the night, it was hard to stay focused and, and hard to stay a little committed to this. So I managed to carry out this all-important all important task with, without fully waking up. I, was, uh, I did it half asleep, basically. And so I, I remember on, on more than one occasion, I, was, uh, I would walk to the cot to pick up the baby to take it to Caroline and only to find the cot was empty because the baby was already with Caroline and I just didn't know what was going on or where, where I was uh, supposed, supposed to be. I was confused, really, really confused. And you know what? Guys, you know, life has a way sometimes of confusing us, of disorienting us as, as, uh, as people of the kingdom of God. We live in an upside-down world, and, and we find ourselves getting things so backwards. And in Mark 4, the disciples are guilty of being awake when, when they could have been asleep. And yes, it was a storm. The, the NIV says that it was a furious squall, that the waves were breaking over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. And, and the disciples wake Jesus and, and they say to him, teacher, master, do you not care? Do you not care if we drown? And some of us may have faced or maybe you're facing today. Maybe you're in the middle of a stormy kind of circumstance where it feels like the waves are, are breaking over your boat. You feel like you're swamped and you're, you're, you're sinking. And to make it worse, maybe it feels like even God doesn't care. I've been reading a lot through uh, some of the Psalms recently, and you hear this raw language from, from the writer that the Psalms are so raw and authentic. Listen to some of these. Psalm 13 verse 1, O Lord. How long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? Psalm 143 verse 7, it says, Answer me quickly, Lord, my spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, or I will be like those who go down to the pit. You see, sometimes in the middle of our storm, and how many know storms will come? They are, I'm sorry, inevitable. It's just life. It, it happens to us. But often in the middle of our storms, we need the reality of God's perspective. What is he doing? What is he thinking? What is he saying? What's he up to in this time and in this season in, in my life? I've found that, that uh, a lot of the things that keep me awake at night and, and cause me uh, worry and fear, Jesus is able to sleep through. I heard this, this quote from a French philosopher. He lived in the 16th century, and his name is Michel de Moin. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm not even going to try. But he said this over 500 years ago. He said this quote, My life has been filled with terrible misfortune, most of which never happened. It's a good, it's a good one, right? It's why, it's why Jesus said over 2,000 years ago in Matthew 6, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough worry of its own. Stop worrying. Turn to the person next to you and just tell them, stop it. Stop it. Just stop it. I know it's not as easy as that. 
It's not that easy. But what, what, we've got to, what we've got to know, what we have to understand, and when I say understand, I, I mean experientially, we have to know that the, the greatest antidote to fear and your current anxiety is peace, right? And, and peace in its purest form is found in a person named Jesus, who right now, not tomorrow when things are a little better, but right now is sitting with you in your boat. Figuratively speaking, we all have a boat. And Jesus, if you've received his lordship, is sitting in that boat with you. He's with you right now in the back of our boat. So you know what? When I feel like stuff's going on in my life and it feels like the waves are coming in and the wind's blowing, I have this mental image of Mark chapter 4 of Jesus sitting in the back of my boat. And whoa, he's even bought his own pillow. It's probably got some psalm, uh, you know, like whistled into it or something but but he is asleep on his pillow in the back of my boat and he doesn't appear worried so I figure well then why should I why should I worry about this Jesus can sleep through this because you got to understand that inside the peace of God which we can all uh, receive dwells an authority that is able to calm the wind and the waves that are going on around us and sometimes we get that calmness and that peace on the inside even when the wind and waves are still are still blowing so friends don't let fear rob you don't let it rob you asleep don't let it keep you awake i i release the peace of god right now over lives just where you're sitting i pray i release the peace of god thank you that you are our perfect peace Thank you, God, that no matter what we go through, you're with us. You have something to say. Help us get your perspective, I, I pray. In Mark 4, the disciples are guilty of being awake when they could have been asleep. But in Matthew 26, they're guilty of being asleep when, when they should have been awake. And this is probably deserving of a message all by itself, but I'll, I'll begin to to wrap up with this, and maybe the band could come. What are you sleeping through that Jesus wants you awake for? What are you sleeping through that Jesus wants you awake for? What is it in your life that today needs to be awakened? What what area do you need to wake up to for, for the disciples in in Matthew 26, it was prayer. It was, it was keeping alert. It was being watchful. It was, it was, it was paying attention, staying uh, vigilant. And what I've found is, is the heart has a way of drifting off, right? Just like we can begin to doze on a Sunday afternoon. The heart has this way of, of snoozing. It has a, a way of being captivated by meaningless things, right? You've heard of death scrolling? on your phone, cat videos, Oof. they're great, aren't they? But of being sidetracked, of becoming sleepy and comfortable, it's reading Psalm 57 and verse 8, it begins with these three words, it says, awake my soul, awake my soul, wake up my heart, another, another version says, I don't know what was going on in the author's life when he penned those words, awake my soul. But he recognized that, you know what, soul, there is a wake-up call needed. I need you to rise up 
again. Something in my life has begun to doze. Something, ha- something has taken its attention away from what really counts, and I need to rise up. I love how one of the commentaries on Psalm 57 puts it. It says this, When the soul is slothful in duty, unconcerned about divine things, lukewarm and indifferent to them, which is occasioned by prevailing corruptions and worldly cares, Sometimes it becomes dull and heavy and inactive. Man, is that true for some of our, some areas of our lives? I know I can be guilty of this. What are we sleeping through that we, we shouldn't be? What areas could Jesus be calling you to, to wake up again? Could we stand? I just want to pray just to clear some stuff over us before I hand this over. Jesus, we thank you for being in our boat. Thank you for being with us on this adventure, on this journey of life. And I thank you that you've come with your pillow. You've come with your own pillow. And and God, we... We acknowledge that sometimes we lose sleep when we fret over stuff that you don't want us to. And I I pray for every person here today, either going through something, struggling in an area, pray for the perspective of God on those circumstances. I thank you as we sung this morning, nothing is impossible. And we thank you for who it is who is with us and in that boat. And we rest in that perfect peace. We intentionally lay our heads down on your pillow with you, God, despite what's going on. It doesn't mean we just ignore it or pretend it's not there, but we anchor our hope in you, the God of peace. We, I thank you for Peace when it makes sense and peace even when it doesn't. Peace without understanding is available to us. May peace be our portion, I pray. And I, I, I pray for, for every slothful heart this morning. Every part, God, where our hearts have dozed off, where it's, it's been captivated or attracted to other things that we need to... See that heart, that part, that place awaken to again, to, to stir up to what really matters, to what really counts. Holy Spirit, would you help us? Even, even right now, would you whisper to that heart of ours in those areas, those places and spaces where, God, we have just become dormant. Would you breathe your fire in our hearts? Let that passion burn again. For what concerns you, may it be a concern for us. For for what stirs in your heart, may it stir in ours again, God. May it be the thing that gives all of our attention to, I pray in Jesus' name. Help us, God, to get this thing the right way around. Help us to know where you are in all of our circumstances. I pray In Jesus' name.
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. wake us up. Holy Spirit, wake us up. Thank you, Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Won't you open the eyes of my heart? I want to see you. I want to see you. Hallelujah. Open the eyes of my Wake us up, O oh God, to your purpose, to your plan. Fill us afresh with your Holy Ghost. May we be on fire for the things of God. We trust in the Lord with all of our heart. We lean not on our own understanding. We acknowledge you in all of our ways that you would make our path straight. And everybody said, Amen. Can we thank Pastor Wes for that? That was, that was great. Just an encouragement again to, uh, again, picnics on after this. So uh, love to see as many of you can there. We will be doing the baptisms around about uh, quarter to two-ish, uh, somewhere around about there, quarter to two-ish or somewhere around about there. So um, 
yeah, it'd be so so good to uh, join us if you can. We would love to have you have you there. But let me read this portion of scripture, these ancient words. Or maybe just put your hands out if you would like. And remembering after the service, if you need prayer for anything, there'll be somebody there to pray for you over at the prayer station. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Tap